back to the show. My name is JD, and this is Debatable. And I'm here along with Riley, and uh, we actually had a couple questions arise over the past week on exactly what's behind the whole entire uh, show name. So the first part where the D and the apostrophe, it's kind of supposed to separate that apart from the beta, and both of our middle initials are D, so there's that. And then the D beta is kind of supposed to resemble how we're trying to take the news and the topics that we come across and kind of refine them and work them out of what we feel like is there in a beta form or, or give our ideas and thoughts on how to make it better or how we think it should work. So that's that part. And then the whole entire debatable, which obviously indicates that there's some controversy and we're going to kind of debate it and break it down even further. So it, it kind of comes in on multiple different meanings behind the actual word. So, but with that, we'll go ahead and actually get right into it for this week where I start off by posing a question to Riley about uh, streaming services. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious, like who is your favorite music streaming service? I mean, have you, cause you've tried YouTube music, right? Yeah. And you definitely haven't tried Pandora. I have tried. I have done Pandora. You've done Pandora. Did you yeah. like it? Because I don't know what the like. I've I've briefly looked into it, and I mean, aside from the fact that I think it's like it's more of a randomized. Wait, you wait. Have you seriously? Have you actually never tried Pandora? I've like I did it just to create playlists and stuff. Yeah. For friends, but like I never actually went full on and like just enjoyed it. Yeah, I did like the free trial thing. Okay. I didn't actually do the the full thing, but I mean, it's nice. When you're wanting to listen to music that you don't think about listening to normally. Because, like, for me, I have a repeat of music that I listen to daily. And so to kind of get out of that whole constant back and forth of songs, Pandora is actually really good when it comes to that. Okay, but how does that work with... So does it just throw random genres in there? Or is it like YouTube where it's an um, algorithm where it kind of gives you what no, you think Pandora's you No, like? Pandora's not... Nec- I don't even think Pandora's an algorithm. It's more of just like you search a genre or you search a band or even a subgenre and then it creates a playlist based off of that and takes songs that are based on that genre and puts them into a playlist. Okay, and there are so songs it sounds are, like, like it sounds like YouTube music like if cuz they do that where they like throw it in there and it's like it stays in the same Apple Music is at least I don't know about recent updates but they haven't really been good at that. Which is why if I like to explore and listen to hmm. different types of music, I typically don't go to Apple Music, I go to YouTube Music because they're was something about their algorithm or whatever it gets me into other songs on the same track and it works better. yeah yeah i i don't and honestly the ironic thing is, is i don't even use apple music that often even though i have apple one but right um well because of you i have apple one but it's um yeah no and honestly i haven't even used pandora in a long time so uh, what do you use spotify? uh spotify oh, okay and then well spotify and then um normally i just play on music on youtube i don't even use youtube music oh, okay mainly because sometimes i like to watch the videos associated with the song which is weird but i mean i can get that yeah that's kind of like a someone someone consider that looks more like a gen x type of thing because that's they did music videos back then yeah, you associate there was a uh, a TED talk I think about this like you associate the the artist the song with the video sometimes. And so you feel like you can't watch the um you can't listen to a song without actually watching the video because you want to feel that nostalgia or you just like to see the reaction or how the video was done or something like that. But uh yeah, no, it's uh I I use YouTube, Spotify, I might use Apple Music a little bit here and there, but 
that might be like five or ten percent of the time. Yeah, I I I've read online and I feel like um it's pretty accurate, but I feel like uh Apple Music's user interface is like really well done. Oh yeah, especially with the new updates they've added is it's really good. It's well designed. It's very intuitive. Yeah, exactly. And I've used Spotify. It's not like I hate Spotify. I, th- no, I think it's yeah. good. But um yeah. I I love the fact that I don't know if they do this cuz do you actually create playlists on Spotify? Mm. Oh. I I used to. Um so you know what it's like. Yeah, I know what it's like, yeah. Can you create folders? Mm, I don't think you can. Okay. Not that that's, I'm aware of. If, unless if, they updated unless it recently they updated, again. It's been a one while. Thing that I absolutely love about Apple Music is creating folders. Yeah, yeah I've noticed you do that. Cuz I mean, I have like multiple subfolders of like cuz I just have so many playlists and it gets it gets to the point where like you literally have a subfolder for a specific song. <laughs> I don't think I'm that bad, but yeah. So no, I was exaggerating just a little bit, but yeah, no, that is that is a, actually a pretty cool feature that I like about music is because otherwise you would just have a whole plethora of playlists. And I'm yeah, like, I don't right. like that either because then it makes it really difficult to like. I would feel like I would have to do it like alphabetically. Playlist, maybe a subgenre, and then folder for those specific ones you want because maybe you don't want to listen to the other ones, and it's already in a shuffled playlist or whatever. You don't listen to the yes. other ones or whatever. So yeah, I I enjoy that about uh, Apple Music. Um, I actually, so the, the, uh, fade crossfade. Yes. Did you, have you, um, used it? Well, I was using it on beta one, but yeah, it was a cool thing experience. My, uh, I was taking a couple of my friends from the airport home and I hadn't realized it, but crossfade finally worked and I was playing some NF, uh, for his new album, hope. And uh, I just transitioned right next on. I was like, Whoa, this is different. This is completely different, and actually, yeah. it was it was really well done. They, I think they need to tweak it just a little bit more because I feel like when this the next song comes on, you a little bit is cut out. Oh, you can change how how it you does can, that. You can change the delay and the crossfade on how when it oh. starts and stuff like that. So, well, then they don't need to tweak anything. It's fine. Yeah, um, you go, and that that was the funny thing is because when I was when we already mentioned this on on the regular show, but when you go into the setting and it crashed, uh, it was already working for me, but it was like frozen in that I couldn't turn it off. So that's why it works for me. Oh, okay. Um, but with this new one, I haven't even changed the setting on it. So, hmm. uh, but that would definitely be something if you guys want to check that out. I feel Twitter. like that's a very nice um, additional feature. But um, what about like video streaming services? Do you have a preference? I mean, I, like I guess it depends on content now because it's not necessarily like. Well, yeah, it's all categorized right now, basically in like its own. Like, for example, Discovery is most likely from like channels. Right. And then like Crunchyroll, that's like anime. OK, that would explain it. Why? Well, I mean, Crunch, I love Crunchyroll because I'm, obviously I'm, I'm an anime guy right now, which is I never thought I would say that my entire life. But yes, I am. Um, Go my hero. The other one that I would probably use or have used or be more likely to use is probably HBO or sorry, <clears throat> Max, uh, just because there are a lot of shows on there that. Thank you. Yeah. Because I think sh- it's stupid. I think it, it's ridiculous. I mean, because I, I, I feel Max. like Max is too general of a word to describe a streaming service. Right. Like, it's just. I use Max. Really? Oh, you have you have an iPhone Mac, Pro Max? No, 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 no. Max is service. Oh, okay. That's what you mean. <laughs> it's like, I just feel like it could have been more, a little more original than that. Just HBO Max. It was fine. That was fine. Yeah, to yeah. say like three extra syllables. We live in a world where we want to just make things so simple to save that one little microsecond. 
Anyway, um, yeah, HBO Max Discovery. I would like I mentioned that one. Uh, I love that one because I love watching Food Network and then a few other shows like Dirty Jobs and stuff like that. Um, and then all the rest of those. So, yeah, I would say those are my favorite. Now I'm assuming you did like free trials on those. Yes, I did. Oh, okay, so Grant, that in all likelihood, those are gonna be top tier for me. Plans. Yes, for okay. other people it will vary, but and for some other streaming services, not exactly appealing to most but yeah well i kind of brought it up last this past episode about how netflix is killing off their base ad free tier and um yeah we obviously you weren't there for that one so i was kind of interested to see what your input on that because i was i was a little ticked off but then again i I did have to you know address it from a balanced perspective and say hey was this actually a popular plan um and then at the same time you do want to offer something for everyone Right. I I almost liken it to because my wife and I see this sometimes when we go to uh, the store and we see a box of cereal and it's like, this is a family size. And we're like, that's not a family size when I was a kid. I just went to Walmart to pick up a box of Honey bunches of oats. I just went to it and I picked up this box and I'm like, this looks like the regular size when I was a kid. This is not family size. So this is how I feel about Netflix, what Netflix is doing right now. Years ago, you had plans that were actually nice because they weren't super expensive and they were, you know, for the most part, they made sense for what the plans were. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, you get ads now and we're increasing the price just a little bit, but it's like slightly noticeable things, but not enough to where you're like, eh, it's not a huge deal. But eventually, I mean, I think what's going to happen is what you're going to start seeing with inflation, maybe in a few other things is just, they're going to tweak it every little bit. And it's just going to come to a point where, and honestly to Netflix in general, the way they're doing things with their password sharing and stuff is just like turning people off immediately. Like I saw loads of comments. It's just like, if they're doing this, that's, that's a, that's complete unsubscribe for me. Yeah, it's like I agree, and that's just the kind of thing. Or you get that, other people who are like, "Oh, I dropped them like three years ago, so it's not a big deal for me." And I'm like, "You either got people that are already unsubscribed or are on the brink of doing it because Netflix is just you know screwing them over." But, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I mean that was a correction that I should have made on this past uh, episode. But at, at one point in time, that regular plan was nine ninety nine, but I believe it started off at uh, seven ninety nine, if I'm not mistaken. Where yeah. that regular plan where it was for everyone and um, with no ads. With no ads. And now yeah. you got six ninety nine with ads. Yeah, so that, that means that, you know, now if you don't want ads, you gotta pay fifteen fifty. Well, eventually, because you can still do it, it's just not there Well, now. yeah, it's it happened in what, Canada? Is that where it started? I guess from? yeah, it, I guess it, that's where they're they're officially starting it. And now it's yeah. now it's not you can you can barely see it on the website. You actually have to click see all plans. For the nine ninety nine to show up, just quietly moving in the back. Exactly. So, yeah. but yeah, fifteen fifty for no ads is pretty ridiculous in my opinion. Because oh, I, even, I think uh, HBO Max does a better job. I think it's a what ten bucks if I remember oh, correctly. I was using Discovery, ten bucks a month, no ads. Yeah, all access. I think Hulu's gotten up there though. I think they're like what? Well, it also depends because now you have um. We have to consider how much content they provide. Well, that and also if you get bundles like with Disney, ESPN, and then HBO. That one is like 20 or Hulu. 22 or something. I think is why. Yeah. And that's like a whole bunch of stuff with no ads. And I think I read this one comment was like, or maybe it was from the actual site that was talking about it, was like, it's possible that Netflix is having a really hard time competing with these other streaming services. Yeah, but I mean, I don't 
really, there may be some validity to that, but I think once they started down the path of password crackdowns, password sharing crackdowns, that's really when they took a big axe to their revenue because I feel like, and now and now they're taking away a plan that was pretty decently priced. I wouldn't even say that. I would say it started when they stopped making decent content i say that it would even go back further to that to (laughs) when they stopped providing decent content and transitioned over to their own netflix original stuff well i mean that also had to do with like disney plus becoming their own thing and then you know all these other streaming services becoming individualized because you used to be able to have like everybody loves raymond that was like one one staple on netflix that they used to have and like a whole bunch of other shows and you just can't get them anymore because it's like, it's so, like you're saying, it's so centered on just Netflix stuff. Yeah. And it's like, there are some good shows that are on there. I'm not denying that, but I'm saying like majority wise, I would say maybe. What are you going to watch that's going to be worth paying 50 and 50 a month? Ex- that's it's exactly what I'm talking about. It's just, is it even worth it? Because other streaming services have great content and it's not even their own. It's stuff that other production filmmakers or whatever, just, just stuff like that is just, they do, they, they have a whole bunch of it. Whereas Netflix has some creators, but they're under them and they have, you know, this is the way that you know, we want you to do like, for example, Avatar, the last airbender, they're coming out with the live action in 2024. I think 2025, it was completely shut down because the people that originally worked on the original show were going to work with Netflix, but with the way that Netflix wanted to do certain things, they were just, the other guys were just like, no, we're not doing this. This is ridiculous. But then it was revamped and they, they're doing it now. And I guess they made some deals around. Oh, I did see something about that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So they have other people that come on with them. So like, um, the Duffer brothers for stranger things. Okay. That was their own creation, but it was under Netflix. But a lot of things that Netflix creates on their own with their own creators is like subpar. If, if even that. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that Netflix does not screw up Atla because if they do, it's just going to be another repeat of the one movie that we shall not mention because it is not, there is no Atla movie in Bossing Say. Anyway. I guess I need to watch that. You need to, oh, Avatar Last Airbender, please do. That is one of the greatest cartoons and oh, I should say animations shows in general. It's amazing. Okay. But uh, I think we'll skip over to something a little more interesting. Yeah, you were telling me something about YouTube and gaming. That I, Yes. I, what in the world was that about? So according to the reporter from the source that I read, it's supposed to be something akin to Tetris or, um, you know, Solitaire, stuff like that. At least that's, that's how I kind of viewed it as i don't know if that's what they meant but maybe you'll be able to play some multiplayer games i have no idea how it works but yeah there is a probability that this is going to happen and honestly as a general opinion for a streaming service to release well not even a streaming service just a a platform in general to release games i don't know the the, okay the first comment that i read was like so when's the due date when they're gonna actually get rid of this because they got rid of Stadia, they got rid of the stories, which was not a huge issue, obviously. There, there's another article out there. We might, we might hit this on, um, or I might hit this on Monday. Which, by the way, uh, uh, quick house announcement: uh, Riley won't be here on Monday. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm going on vacation for 
Well, I'm, I'm going camping. I'll be on vacation next week, but I'm going camping. Yeah, there you go. So he won't be there. Yeah, so sorry, guys. I, if I do have another episode, it'll just be me again, which I hope you guys will enjoy that. Um, I try to keep him brief. So, but on that note, yeah. how did we get on that note? Oh, you read an article. Yes, about... Um, PDF Reddit apps that Google shut down or something. I can't remember you, but we might, I might, I might throw it in, in uh, Monday's episode if, oh, if okay. I do it. But yeah, I mean, consumers who seek out products, both physical and services from Google have a hard time trusting them because they never know if they're just going to drop it. They have, a, have a really bad history. Yeah. Like you look at their page of what has been discontinued it's a pretty good size page. There's a lot of services and products that they have discontinued. And we're not just talking like, oh, this is an outdated phone. We're talking like this is, should, should have been something. Straight that, up services. Yes, this should have been something that, you know, would have lasted at least, you know, a couple decades here yeah. until it's no longer valid. I think that is a good point to make is just where do you draw the line of like, I have trust in this company to the extent of how much stuff they've gotten rid of. Rid of. Now, granted, this is on a small scale. This is just games. Yeah, and it's and not honestly, like they're gonna get rid it's, of YouTube. it's not like I hate this. It's just of, is this going to work properly? Yeah. Like, is it a, is it weird? Yes, kind of. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how they do this. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Here's a thought. Okay. I feel like one way it could take off is if this was a scenario where content creators streamed playing the game and how that would be more, you know, enticing to, oh, let's play this game, you know, kind of draw in more more of a um, following to it. That too, but I feel like that trend would drop out pretty quick because then there's just so many games that are on there that, I mean, you'd have a content for maybe a couple of weeks at most, but then I feel like it would just drop out. It depends on it depends on the content or not the content. Yeah. It depends on the game and how the competition goes. Like if it's yeah. something that's actually and let me let me actually go to that article because I feel like there was something specific about maybe about the games. Yeah, one one of the actually you you shot that over to me. Um, one of the things that they were talking about was you know would it offer the same cloud based gaming as Stadia, and they said no. Um. Like you were saying, it would focus on simple games, one of which is Stack Bounce, which is kind of like a brick in a ball where it kind of crushes it, which we've seen a lot of those on with both Android and iOS. It's just weird to me. It is a weird move. I don't I don't think it's detrimental. I just wonder how long this will last. No, it's just obviously they have to put money into it, right, to do it. So it's like, is it a good investment? Because I feel like a lot of, from what I saw in the comments, is people are kind of just not really on board with it a whole lot. Well, if you were going to try something out, as long as you don't screw it up, YouTube would be your best shot as a platform to try it out on. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you already can do pretty cool things like if you type Beam Me Up Scotty in YouTube, Mm -hmm. or maybe it was just Google in general, but either way, it does like that cool effect when you search it. Oh, okay. Um, There's like hidden Easter eggs within Google and I think even YouTube that you can do. Um, So there's technically already some little hidden games, but uh, to have full-on games... I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting to see. Again, I don't hate it. I think it's a pretty cool idea, but, you know. Yeah. And that'll be available on mobile devices and desktop computers. So currently it's in, I guess we'd call it a beta phase where, I, actually, it's private beta where it's only Google employees who are actually trying it out. So. Yeah. But um, we had talked about, well, 
Apple has been in the news a lot with their Vision Pro, but we actually talked about a lower cost, much lower uh, <laughs> VR headset with the uh, Meta Quest. So evidently there's some news on how that's going to unfold with gaming. So uh, Meta is coming out with a subscription called Quest Plus. And from what sources indicate, it's going to be a plan of $7.99 per month or $60 for a whole year. And to quote from them, the main goal of the MetaQuest subscription is to provide users with ample playtime while reducing the time spent browsing through extensive MetaQuest catalog. Hmm. Okay. This subscription allows for MetaQuest giving users two free games a month. And they're saved to your library. This sounds like Audible. Yeah, actually, I didn't even think about that until just now. But yeah, that it sounds exactly like Audible. <laughs> um, and then if you choose to deactivate the subscription, you're, you'll lose the games. You won't lose the saved files, at least from what it seems. But you'll be able to play it back once you resubscribe. So gotcha. okay, it's cool. kind of like Ish. also um, Xbox Game Pass, except you are limited because you only get two free games a month. But regardless, um, I think it's, again, this is one of those things where I'm like, I like it. I just feel like it's limited in what you're able to get out of it. You agree with me? Yeah, no, I do agree with you. Uh, I guess when you think about Audible, it's fair. So $7.99 a month for two games. Okay. But yeah. when you kind of contemplate that with like, like you were saying, Xbox Game Pass, and you have like a cornucopia of games you can have access to from that subscription, plus uh, EA Play yeah. and cloud gaming. And Xbox Gold. Exactly. So, so yeah. there's a lot that, that entails that. And it's like, well, they're raising the prices. So it's going to be, you know, $17 now. It yeah. was 16 with like, that's including taxes. But um, it just, it just really depends on how the users perceive what they're getting from meta. Right. Yeah. Um, as well as you have to bear in mind that this is also VR gaming. So development and such is a little bit different. That Yeah, that's true as well. So, yeah. And I guess it is worth it when you're thinking about it because a lot of those games, well, here's my main concern though, is like with meta only allowing you two free, free games that they choose, they may not give you a lot of the main staples out mm, there that are like, that's a very good point over maybe 50, 60, $70 or it's something their like selection that. versus what you would actually consider. So is it like, are you really getting your money's worth out is the question? Because honestly, if you, if you saved up, you could get that game. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I feel like that's generally speaking what a lot of subscriptions are in general. Yes, like you could I mean, either save up for the game or you pay for a subscription and you get all the games for free. When like, you can, well, since we're staying on this comparison track, when you compare it to Xbox, though, those games are like 60, 70 bucks. Right. Yeah. So and, and they're giving you so they have a whole huge catalog of games that you can use, like I said. So I feel like that's worth it in my mind, um, even though this could be said about any subscription Apple Music, Netflix, gaming. Right. You can buy the movies, the music, the games, but it just kind of depends on your perception and if you feel like it's valuable. In, in my mind, $7.99 isn't horrible, but I think your point right there about pre-selected games. Yeah. Like they is not that advantageous in my opinion. It makes me mind. feel a little bit unsettled yeah. about the whole thing. Um, if they play fair on it, then it's fine. But a way to counteract that would be giving the community the opportunity to vote on games 
for availability. Yeah. I like that idea because then it's like more because then that also allows more people that are like, oh, I actually want to go ahead and do this because I can have a say in what kind of games I would like yes. in it. Yeah. I think that'd be a great idea. Is are they gonna do it? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But it's up to Mr. Z. So it's up it's debatable. But a little bit of a weird track here. We're gonna go into cars. And not just any car. Yeah, so Hyundai is finally implementing wireless car play. Uh, into the modern cars that utilize uh, navigation. And I think this will start with the Kona EV. Of course, it's going to be an EV. Yeah, of course it is. Um, and then anything else that rolls out past 2024, obviously. So, But it's only going to be available for the car trims that have navigation? Is that is that the catch-all? Wireless car plays support to cars equipped with integrated satellite navigation starting with the forthcoming second generation Kona EV and other 2024 model year cars. Which is like, it's good. Um, I have, as you know, I have a Hyundai Elantra. It's a 2002. So it's, it's a beater car for sure. And it's interesting because a lot of cars now have wireless car play like... Um, it was kind of funny though because um we were looking at I think it was Tucson. And the irony there was is that the lower trims offered wireless uh, Apple CarPlay. The higher trims didn't. Something about the navigation system or whatever or the infotainment system that they had wasn't compatible or they didn't offer somehow. I I, I don't understand the whole entire reasoning behind it. But I found that completely ironic because I'm like, you're paying less money and yet you're getting more features. And yet the people who pay high dollar are like, so why don't I get that? I went on to um, Hyundai's uh, website and I saw their Elantra Hybrid. I think that thing is pretty nice. 23,000. I like it. Yeah, I was just watching a review on there. Uh, Alex on Autos just uploaded one for that model. Oh, he did? Okay, yeah, cool. I was wondering if he did. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I do like the Elantra. It's a nice car. Um, I will always have some questions about the Korean twins, but, um, yeah. Yeah, they do really, they do a really good job on designs. I will say that. Um, there's very few cars that I would be like, that is, but ugly. Uh, Kia Sportage. That is one that I am not a fan of at all. It is eye-catching and it's unmistakable. Right. But yeah. in my opinion, it's not like a good unmistakable that you want to be famous for. Right. Um, but the Palisade, or at least I feel like the pre the pre-facelift Palisade was really nice. The new one, there's too much chrome. It's not, I'm not a big fan of that, but the actual design is nice. Right. Kia yeah. Telluride, uh, Hyundai Sonata. So like they they do a really good job, um, Hyundai Tucson, and as far as that goes, I feel like that's where they take the lead. Reliability, longevity. It really depends on the. It really depends car, on the car, the engine. I mean, honestly, model. I've had that that 2200 for uh, Hyundai Elantra for about a few years now. And obviously, that thing is coming at two hundred and. 27,000 miles on it. So, and it's done pretty well. And there, it's getting to that point where the repairs are coming into like, let's up. just do a car payment. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's lasted for a while. So I think, I think Elantra's do pretty well with regards to longevity. But you just replaced the, in the uh, infotainment system on that would actually have car play. Yes. And immediately when I saw this, I was like, 
oh, does that mean I can just have wireless car plan? And obviously, no, and then, because you, you, have, to have, like, oh, you have to have a new navigation. You have to have an EV. So, um, so I was like, no, because that's the one thing that I would I would always want. Wireless CarPlay, hands down, is just... And they make, they make adapters out there that give your infotainment system wireless accessibility. Yeah. But there's just so many hangups and drawbacks to those adapters, and it's just not as yeah. uh, high quality as we want it to and seamless. So... Um, to actually have it come from the manufacturer, it kind of guarantees you that this is the way it's supposed to be and it'll work theoretically with very, very little issues. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of wireless Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. And like you were saying, other manufacturers are really starting to, t- you know, take that seriously as well. Yeah. Mercedes Benz, um, Ram, I think was one of them. There's like, there's like 10, I think total that, that have wireless CarPlay on it. So it's not like like Toyota. We're still waiting for them, but well, we'll wait for Toyota on a lot of things. So that's just kind of a given. Uh, and and, <laughs> that's, the, and that's the irony there, though, is like you you can kind of tell like which companies are actually going to give you a little bit more reliability, which ones are giving you the latest tech, and if they're not, it probably means they're going to be on the road longer. I don't know. That that's that's more of that a, makes more sense. That's more of a boomer type of per- perspective. That's something that our parents would probably say. Well, I mean, it's but the at the same thing. time, it's it's true. Honestly, you know what? That makes sense because it's the same thing with like an iPhone versus a Samsung. These have way less depreciation value each year than a Samsung, and but they don't have as many higher specs. Higher specs, so, features, gimmicks. Yeah, and yeah. gimmicks exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, probably not higher specs because Samsung tends to run on. Well, I mean, when you think about it, as far as like if we're going to talk like RAM or maybe megapixel specs. Yeah, milliamps. Then again, Android needs more milliamps because they draw more power. Yeah, but I mean, no, and and that's why I've always said that I feel like Apple is Toyota because there's just so much to it. And now you're actually seeing that where Toyota is realizing how much value they hold. They're 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 charging up up the wall for that. So, but um, what if we said that users could actually buy a PlayStation not with a you know, promotional game included, but an actual subscription to the platform's gaming catalog. Was that something that you feel like would be enticing or you think that's more of just... It's only for two years, right? Yes. So what we're talking about here is a PlayStation 5 bundle and how they are planning on giving users the option to buy the console with two years of... Uh, PlayStation Plus Deluxe. Whoa. Wow. PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus Deluxe. That is a horrible subscription name. <laughs> goodness. It's like PlayStation Plus, Plus Deluxe, Deluxe Ultra Max. Oh my goodness. But yes, it's for two years instead of the actual games. So, and this the downside to that is, is neither of us actually have a PlayStation, let alone. Yes, yeah, so we couldn't Plus. even really tell. So we that. couldn't really tell you like if we feel like this is a good thing. But we did want to bring it up just because um, it has over nine hundred games, um, and evidently, like every month or so, it increases by you know fifteen or so. Honestly, in terms of value, I feel like it's better than just getting a game for free. That's kind of what I was thinking, but I was like trying to think. Okay, is there a drawback to this though? I mean, it's two years. That's two years is is a, is a good while. Honestly, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. It's just once that two years is up, you don't have a game you own, and you have to pay the subscription again. 
True, but after like after you'd think that you know within that two year time frame, you probably buy you probably games. buy at least one or two games. Yeah, so it's not a. I think it's. I think it's better. We'll just look at the premium real quick. The premium is one hundred twenty dollars a year. Yeah, a big savings there. So this is almost this is one of those things when you look at the pricing and the value, it's almost like it's too good to be true. So yeah, but um, I think if if it is true, then that's a really good deal. And obviously, like you said, someone's probably gonna buy a game or two anyway, right? Um, yeah. And then you have promotional sales and stuff like that. Amazon. So all in all, at first I was kind of questioning it, but now I'm like, I'm totally okay with that. I think that's just fine. Yeah. So, but real quick on something we wanted to close out with was uh, Best Buy. You haven't kind of caught on with the whole entire. Uh, episode title uh this is primarily about subscriptions so yeah uh, we did not intend that we did it way. just happened to coincide with you know he had his topics and i had some of mine and the majority of them were subscription based yeah so um but with that best buy is basically giving you an amazon prime-esque access for a decent amount cheaper so to yeah. get two-day shipping you would have to pay for the best buy plus 50 bucks a year mm-hmm. and amazon is already up to 130 i don't remember i haven't used i their, don't i mean it, yeah, it only long. comes out once a year and i don't remember exactly but um unless you pay for it monthly which somebody would have to be extremely careless to do that uh, <laughs> but yeah that would get you two-day shipping um you get the exclusive member prices on select items 60-day return window which i love that and why are you smiling because for the last couple few months, I actually paid for that. We're talking about Amazon Prime, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I canceled it because I was like, dang, I didn't buy enough for this to be worth it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I continue. Um, but, and, and that's just the middle plan. Obviously, the base plan is free, and that just gives right, you free yeah. standard shipping. So I feel like that is actually quite an impressive plan, though. Yeah, because totally. that's definitely, you know, more than 50 percent off of what you get with Prime. Now, granted, Prime has an exorbitant amount of they have a plethora of other things yeah. more than Best Buy. No. Yeah. When you showed me the. um, The perks of that, I thought that was an exceptional deal, especially with that 20 bucks off. I mean, that's well, I mean, you have to be buying there, you know, right. Reg- well, maybe not regularly, but often at least to get your money's worth out, I think. Well, I mean, yeah. And that, that's just it is is like um, and this kind of coincides with how we've been addressing Apple lately, because now with their whole entire unlocked phones and not being able to finance them, this now gives you an incentive to go over to Best Buy, because now we're going to touch on another uh, tier with them where you can finance with them if you have a Best Buy credit card. Right. And if you have the um, Best Buy total plan, which is $180 a year, that will also tack on 24-7 tech support, VIP member support, which we're not entirely sure. what We would have to look in the details about that, but I'm assuming mm-hmm. that just means you have, you know, primary you know access to people helping you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 20% off of repairs. The big kicker here is it also includes Apple Care Plus. Yes. And I think that is a tremendous perk, especially for Apple fanboys or even just people who, you know, have, you know, in a, a given Apple products, iPads and whatnot. 
which was nice because I was part of, I've been part of this for the past year or so, and it used to be $200 and now they're dropping it down to 180. So that's an even better, they did kind of adjust some of what you do get. So there was some stuff on, um, other repairs that they decided to, you know, just next, but, um, yeah, I feel like this is really a good direction for Best Buy and, uh, I've already got quite a few devices that I bought from there that do have Apple Care, just because I've already had the total plan. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good deal and all. Because what do you pay like sixty or seventy for Apple Care a year? Uh, it depends on the device, but yeah, like seventy nine ninety nine sometimes, depending on what you get. Uh, I think others are like fifty or sixty, like you were saying. Yeah, so you get all that and all the stuff added with the all access for total. It's like again, really great deal. Um, for that subscription, I don't have really a whole lot. Now, like you were saying, it depends on how much you buy. So if you feel like it was worth it to get the, you know, $180 plan, then yes. Right. But if you just want to get like free two day shipping, that $50, then that $50 one seems pretty. That's probably your best bet right there. Yeah. Cause that comes out to a little over $4 a month. And then the, um, the best buy total plan comes out to 15 bucks a month, which is just about the same price. Subscription without any. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes we found another yes so but yeah we just felt like bringing that up because it was uh definitely something to showcase that we feel like customers and consumers would would appreciate totally and honestly i would close out with this thought that i would hate to lose whether or not you agree with their tactics and policies and such i would hate to lose a company like best buy yeah. they're one of the last they where you can go in and you can test all the tech. You can look at it and see, you know, it's one of the last 80s and 90s stores out there um, that kind of gives you that feel. Now, obviously, they've changed a lot of their layouts and stuff, but I Nothing go there like often it, and some days yeah. I don't even buy anything just because I enjoy just browsing. That's yeah. that's kind of, yeah. So, and then now if you do that plan, then you're like, okay, well, if I definitely buy Apple products, then it's worth it to me to get that extra Apple care. So exactly. And I think they give you the option that if you do cancel the um, total plan, then you can pay monthly if you still want to on the Apple protection. So cool. But with that said, that will do it for this week's episode of Debatable. Uh, definitely a subscription packed episode. So make sure you guys subscribe to this to hear Riley have more cheesy comebacks which you won't be getting this Monday unfortunately so yeah sorry about that I don't want to make any of you feel bad you see that as an unfortunate but uh yeah aspect but you can uh stay tuned next week to uh see if we have that episode coming out on Monday or Tuesday if not we will definitely have another debatable on Saturday unless Riley decides to cancel that one as well <laughs> this is JD and Riley signing off peace out peace out